well. Uh, so if you've got your Bibles here, or if not, looking up on the screen, we're going to read from uh, Acts chapter 2. Um, and Acts chapter 2 from verse 42 to 47. Many of us. Let's read those words together. Uh, this is coming out of uh, Pentecost, Peter's sermon that he preaches, and 3,000 people have become Christians through that. Uh, and now it sort of gives a bit of a description of how the church uh, forms and begins. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and their belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as they had need. And day by day, uh, attending together at the temple courts, uh, they broke bread in their homes and they received food with gladness and generous hearts. Praising God and having favour with all the people, and the Lord added to their number daily uh, those who were being saved. Let me pray. Lord and God, we thank you for this part of your word, and we thank you that you have preserved it for us, uh, inspired it by the Spirit. And so now as we think on it, as we process it, we ask that you would work by your Spirit in our hearts, uh, and through my words, that we would uh, have a greater understanding of who you are and who we are as your people. Uh, so uh, you can just interact with us uh, in this time. In the name of Jesus, amen. There was a little bit of a wrestle for me as to uh, what do I preach on after sort of that. Um, and um, for me, what I love about this church is that um, they've always worked uh, with me and are, are mindful of people that are in ministry and working and working together in that. And so I like the fact that it's going to be a long transition and we're going to work that through. So uh, you're going to still see lots of me around and I uh, love this church dearly, love you dearly and uh, feel called passionately to serve this church. And the uh, I remember many years ago, beginnings of Alternative uh, Christian Community Church, we were um, got into sort of Willow Creek and Bill Hybels, and I remember listening to a sermon that he preached on uh, Acts 2, and the way that he was exploring in, in their church about how the church was to be an Acts 2 type of church. Uh, it inspired uh, me, and I, I think it was inspiring people to, how do we grasp some of this stuff and uh, apply it to us as the church today? And I, as I went through this journey, and we did it for many years um, and still do, uh, it's, it's, it was an interesting process for me because Willow Creek is it's a mega church. So he, he, you know, some of the pictures there, um, they're, they're dealing with you know, 5, 10, 15, I think they're over 15,000 sort of members as their church now. And so for me, uh, taking some of the, those principles of this, this Acts thing and being an Acts church, and for me, I was, worrying, I was wanting to take that and apply it to sort of five people, ten people, maybe 15 people most, 
uh, or, or looking at how do, how do we apply that in, in our church and, uh, and what does it look like for us as a church of 100 odd and uh, 150 or more. Um, and I think what captured me, and as I was thinking about preaching this week, I think this is what um, sort of God was, was doing in my heart as I was wrestling with this passage, is that um, different people and different churches take these passages and it manifests itself in very different ways. And none of these things are not necessarily right or wrong in terms of the form of church, but we're looking at the principles and living them out and implying them in, uh, in different ways. And so uh, for me, uh, I've always been captured by this, this picture and I thought, I, I want our church to be like, not necessarily like this, because I think this is, this is capturing a moment in history. It, it's a descriptive thing of what's happened. It's not necessarily prescriptive in terms of this is the way you have to do church. So Because we're not first century Jewish church. But wrestling with passages like this, and this is what we do, we wrestle with the Bible, and it's, how does that look in our church? How does that, how does that work itself out uh, in our church and uh, in the way that we, we practice uh, church as well? So Acts 2 has come back to me, um, and if we go to the next slide, over the, as I was just preparing for this and been thinking about this, and so I thought it was appropriate um, sort of just to do a, uh, a message on Acts 2 this morning as we continue the church, uh, sorry, this journey as a church, exploring what does it mean for us to be the people of God in 21st century Australia? in the suburbs of Melbourne, how do we uh, take this passage and how, what do we learn from it? How do we apply it uh, to our lives? And I, I, I think you probably remember if you were around a number of years ago, I preached a whole sermon series on the book of Acts. And in leading into that, um, there was, as you read through the book of Acts, there's this sense that um, it's as if Jesus is still alive. It's as if Jesus, so you read, and the same things that were happening in Jesus' time with his disciples and ministry and stuff like that continue on in, in Acts. I think that the theme that we preached on is, um, is church alive, live church. And there's this sense that um, Jesus is alive in and through his church. Jesus is alive today. People encounter Jesus by the way we live, the way we um, interact not just on a Sunday, not just in Cavell Corner or in our ministries, but day to day in our workplaces as we meet for grow groups or life groups, as we conduct ourselves on the sporting fields and um, things like that, that God's uh, uh, presence is lived out through his people. And so uh, I thought what I would do is um, just quickly go through this passage and just raise some questions that have been going through my mind and hopefully uh, God's spirit interacts and, and, and as I explore these, these things that they might prompt us and get us wrestling with what does that mean for us as a church and for us individually as well. And so I'm just going to go through the words, uh, we'll go to the next slide um, and just see what these do for us. So this devotion thing, um, and as we're heading into the new year, um, this word kept sort of uh, resonating in my mind and thinking about us as a church again. Uh, and here, early on in the church, there is this devotion, this 
Um, and that, that idea of devotion is this sort of, it's an idea of it, it continues on. It's an ongoing sort of commitment, a steadfast, almost a determination to keep living this out. And so as these people came to know Christ, they sort of put themselves in this place, I'm going to continue to know what this looks like to live out. I'm actually going to get together with other Christ followers and I'm going to be devoted to them um, as we uh, do this collectively. And so as we think about heading into another year, uh, the question that we have that comes before us is what is our devotion like? What's our devotion like? And, and um, right through the New Testament sort of goes hand in hand that de- devotion to God is um, entwined with devotion to his church. You can't pull the part. They never, they're never pulled apart in the New Testament. Our culture and our history has probably done that. And actually, very much more in the New Testament, they, you can't separate them. Devotion to God means devotion to, the, to his people, his family, his brothers and sisters. And so as you head into this year, uh, again, just ask God, how, am I, how is my devotion to you and this church? What's that going to look like this year? Are there other things that are taking my devotion? And as we uh, interact with that, we ask God for his spirit to say, make my devotion your devotion, make my devotion yours. Give me this passion and this desire, this commitment, this courage to keep being your people, to keep being. So, um, and then uh, as it goes off, what they were devoted to and a lot of the sort of commentaries and stuff pick up these four. Um, Teaching, which is probably learning, uh, fellowship, uh, breaking of the bread and prayer. Um, and I've just got a little line down at the bottom. Just realise this is not everything the church did, but this was four that they were focused on. Some people sort of pick this up and say, well, that's what the church, you've got to build your church around these four things. But as we go through the New Testament, we know it's much broader. Things like evangelism, worship, serving, and that sort of comes in. But I want us to be ask ourselves around um, what's your devotion, what's your commitment to learning or teaching? Uh, for us as a church... Um, we, we want to sort of teach and grow people. And I, uh, for me, this is, this is probably around growth. What is it? How are you growing this year? How are you going to grow uh, collectively, uh, individually, as a follower of Jesus? Uh, I sort of alluded to it a little bit last week. This, uh, what were they devoted to? Um, the language that it actually uses there, they were devoted to the apostles' doctrine. <laughs> and if you want to know, so the doctrine is what I was talking about last week. It's the big story. What's the big story that my life fits into? And so they were devoted to this idea of who this creator of the universe is and who now I am because of him and how do I live this out? And so now as you, you head into this year, you think, just ask God, how am I going to grow this year? Give me thoughts just now through your spirit. How am I, what, what is it that, uh, how am I going to, what do I need to learn? Who's going to help me learn that? Uh, And then we look at fellowship, and that fellowship is probably the idea of love for one another. There was a sense of togetherness that you can't uh, do or be uh, church by yourself. And unfortunately, this is where our culture um, uh, and our history massively affects us on this because individualism uh, affects the way we uh, do church. And so we have become, as a culture very much more individualistic in the way we follow God. 
So it's about my walk and it's about how I'm doing with God and it's about how I'm growing with God. Whereas the New Testament, and is, it's, that's very foreign language in the New Testament. The New Testament is very much we. How are we growing? How, am I, how are we doing with God? How are we uh, doing what he wants? Um, and this idea that uh, the group, uh, God's people together uh, journey on this. And again, as we hear this idea of fellowship, we think about how am I committed to one another? How am I committing to help other people grow? How am I committed to be part of helping, uh, finding someone to help me grow? Um, and more than that, just um, loving people. What are the needs around me? Who are the people around me? Um, and, and how am I viewing them and treating them? And the rest of the New Testament goes through all these sort of the one another's love one another, care for one another, teach one another, uh, and, uh, build one another up, um, uh, show each other love, um, those sorts of things. And we can see that they became the rhythm of the way people um, uh, interacted with each other. Uh, breaking of the bread. Uh, and there's probably, and I've talked about this in the past, the breaking of the bread, often when we hear that, we'll probably think Lord's Supper um, or communion. Uh, so that's what they did. They did. But um, as I've said before, that actually it's probably um, just having meals together. But it was more than just having meals together. They actually combined those two things together. It was actually meals and Lord's Supper together. And sometimes they might have done a more sort of official type um, sort of Lord's Supper time. Other times they were having a meal together and they just said, let's remember who we are, who Christ was. And, that. Um, and there's this, uh, it seems in this, um, this church, there's this sort of breaking down of some of that um, um, sort of what's sacred and what's secular and those sorts of things. I'll talk a bit about in a minute. And the last one um, here on here is prayer. Thinking about prayer. Dependence on God. It's been a value in our church over the years. How prayer shows that uh, we can't do this in our We're dependent on God and his work. He's the one who grows, builds, moulds, shapes uh, his church. Uh, and again, how are you committed to prayer this year? How is prayer going to be part of the life of your church? And it was great again this morning just to be part of um, Sunday morning prayer before the service over at Cavell and just a group of people passionately praying for this church, praying for you to have uh, encounters with God this morning. That's what they were praying. That's what we're praying for you this morning, that God would be active amongst us this morning, that he'd, um, and that together we had this sense of this is God's people. We want, we want this church to be all that he wants it to be. His glory is at stake in the way that we do church. And so we we're praying for protection. We we're praying for um, uh, guidance and, um, and wisdom. And then uh, sort of as the passage unfolds, uh, they were in awe of the work of God. Uh, and this was sort of attached around signs and wonders. And it seems at this point in history, there was a, an outpouring of signs and wonders. But uh, for us as a church, as we uh, head into this year, are we uh, celebrating the work of God? Are we in awe of the work of God? Are we sharing with each other the works of God? Are we in a place that we are praying and practicing and living in the supernatural <laughs> Because often it's through the supernatural, it's those supernatural things that God displays himself, particularly to the world. 
And are we seeking that, praying for that, being uh, in that, and then sharing that with each other? Uh, How are you uh, going to interact and declare the awesome works of God this year? Uh, In this passage it says, and the believers were together a number of times. There's this this common uh, idea that the the people of God lived together and uh, did life together uh, as they uh, lived this out. And as they did that, the people around them said, what's going on? Uh, Remember that cry of, uh, I think it was Paul or Peter, that said, if someone came into your gathering, they would say, what's going on here? Surely the living God is amongst you. And there's this sense that as we live these things out as God's people, that those around us are surely be looking on saying, what's going on here? There is something true to what they're saying. There's something true uh, to this, this God that they are uh, worshipping. Uh, this manifestation of that fellowship and love and care went to the point where they had everything in common. And they began to sell their possessions and generosity rose in them and they gave to people in need. They were looking for people in need. They were uh, sharing uh, with things with one another. How are we as a church doing that? Uh, One of the things that we prayed about this morning was that God would raise up within us a spirit of generosity. We prayed for this church specifically, not knowing that I was preaching on this, for a spirit of generosity with our time, with our lives, with our finances, um, with our, um, and, and in hospitality as well. Think about what that's going to mean for you uh, as a church, maybe in your grow group or in your uh, life group this year. Um, think about um, also de- de- displaying our needs before each other. And again, this is where the culture thing comes in. Just be mindful, people, that we are in a very selfish, individualistic, materialistic culture. So you and I, whether we know it or not, and probably we don't know it until we get God's word hit us with it, is that we are very materialistic people. I'm a very materialistic person. It was interesting, just when I was in Uganda again, um, and I, a, a, a couple of people just commented that, um, and I've seen this in, in Yalata as well, just sort of different cultures the way, uh, often there's much more a communal approach to possessions. And so things were given to people, and they, straight away they were just sort of sharing them out. Um, and I just thought there, there's a different culture that we've been immersed in for many years. And so as we read this again, we ask God, confront me with your truth. Holy Spirit, help me to work that out this year. What does it mean for me to sell possessions or to have a spirit of generosity? Or what does that look like for us this year? Uh, Pray into that. Uh, Talk about that in your grow groups. Talk about that in your life groups. Um, Because it's definitely a generosity and a lack of dependence on earthly possessions is a characteristic of God's people. How does that work itself out in our lives as a church uh, this year. Uh, They broke bread in their homes. They're talking a lot about that sort of idea of hospitality. Having people in your homes so that they can experience how you live as God followers. Uh, And that's uh, some of that breaking down the sacred and secular, because this is what we do. We think that participating in communion and the Lord's Supper is a really holy, beautiful event that's more godly than having some people over for dinner. I do this, we do this. We think that 
gathering here on Sunday, singing with passionate praise, hands raised, that's more godly than tomorrow morning at my workplace, being willing to work harder, go extra, do a more thorough job for my boss. Because then we're, we're reminded, remember, we're not doing that for us, we're doing it, remember what uh, Paul says, do it as if you're serving the Lord. Because these things are just as godly. So just remember that our culture, we, we, this, here you get these things, in, you get this picture, and I think it's a picture of the way we're supposed to be as a church. These things much more interact with each other and they're all just holy. We're all being set aside to the way we live at home, the way that we gather here, uh, the way we interact with our friends, the way we play sport, the way we do business. Um, and they did it with uh, glad and sincere hearts. This comes out a, f- a few times, isn't it? There's a sense of um, enthusiasm and joy. And because if this is who we are as a people, that gives me a sense of what I preached about last week, isn't it? Living hope. And actually, that's what it brings hope, uh, joy, peace, uh, promise, and actually gives us a positive approach uh, to life uh, and, to, and to our circumstances, even though those circumstances might be tough and hard. Uh, to deal with. And the other thing I like in there is this, this idea of sincere hearts. I think in that place, you get the sense that in that place, there was a willingness for people to be vulnerable. They didn't come as um, a sort of a shiny, happy people. There was that sincere of heart sort of means the sense that they were honest with each other, that I actually haven't got my life together, that actually I come to this place as a pretty broken person that this gathering here is not a gathering of people who've got their lives together. This is a gathering of people who are messed up, mixed up, muddled up, but have a new identity in Christ, have a new purpose in Christ. Um, And are we living out that? um, And then that last line, which for me um, has sort of been resonating, is that, sorry, uh, praising God, forgot that. Um, the praising God thing is um, definitely singing, but it's also prayer, testimonies, and it's enjoying each other's company. Pray, praising of God and the worship of God is an all-of-life approach here in the church. Uh, there is something special. Oh, Tammy prayed for it this morning when we were praying out the back. We were praying uh, that as we're part of a family gathering, that we would have a sense of um, uh, excitement and enthusiasm about today. And that's, so that's what it is. We're family 24 hours a day, seven days a week and all that. But there's something about when we have a special gathering together that we can celebrate. And, but there's something of that um, praise and glory that we think about. How are we living that out um, tomorrow in my workplace or in my school or um, with my friends? And then the last line is, and the Lord added, num- uh, added to their number daily those who are being saved. I think there is this uh, link to, and it goes right through the Old Testament. I'm oh, sorry, Old Testament. It does fit the Old Testament more than the New Testament. As God's people lived out the way he had asked them to do, people inquired, people came to follow Christ, people came to experience Christ, understand Christ and grow in Christ as the people of God lived together following his ways for them. And so this year again, who is in your life that doesn't yet know Christ that's watching you live as a Christian? 
Where are those people seeing you live as a Christian? How are they seeing you live as a Christian? And then I'd probably take it a next step further. Where are they seeing you live as a community of Christians? Are they being involved in your lives where they're seeing you live that out as a community? Maybe with your grow group or your life group or in ministries or uh, whatever it is as well. And we know that somehow, and this is the supernatural work of God, this is, this is the, the both, both the freeing and empowering thing. You see, it's not dependent on how, we're good, how good we are at that. It's dependent on the power and the work of God through us, even if we're not good at it. Because what does it say? The Lord added to their number daily. Not how good you were at witnessing or how... Yes, we strive for excellence, we want to do the best and stuff, but it's dependent on God working through his people. Let us pray for that, that our lives would display him to the world. And so, may we, as we go into this year and we, we explore uh, what that looks like for us, I think just that, that biblical imperative that we're getting here together, which is or getting in this passage, is that we do that together. We do it as a community of God's people. And it may look different in different circumstances, in different situations as God forms new churches or starts new churches or works with new life groups or grow groups or new ministries or whether they be large or small or diverse or um, whatever it might be. Let us do it together as we seek to live out God in the way that we, I don't know, move people in following Christ. Maybe that's where I'll end. <laughs> We're growing each other. We're wanting others, people, to understand who Christ is and what it looks like to live like him and with him. And we pray that as we do that, we would be a church that glorifies God <laughs> and that people around us would be saying, like I've already heard this year, something about your church something about what God's doing in it that's why we're living this way so that people would encounter the living God through us so that his kingdom would be extended that people would get to taste and see the living God through his people let's pray Lord and God Heavenly Father we thank you for uh, who we are in you that we are your people and as you described us uh, last week, we're a living temple, uh, a holy people, a people that have been uh, set aside by you to display you to the world. And that includes each other. So Lord, will you help us to do that? Will you help us to be uh, people who are devoted to you and devoted to one another? Help us to love one another deeply, serve one another deeply, help us to live out uh, your commands and live out your mission for us and as we do that that you would be displayed that we would see the lost uh, saved that we would see uh, people cared for that we would see uh, more disciples grown lord that we would see uh, glory come to your name as you mold and shape and build your church and so we pray this in the name of jesus amen uh, as we were Preparing this service, I, um, there was a song that kept going through my, my head, and it's an oldie but a goodie. It's probably from the 80s. I don't know. When it, what, what the, oh, we haven't got a music team. We need a music team up there. Um, it's probably from the 80s. There's a song that's called Go Forth in His Name. And uh, those of my vintage will know it. There was a few people around the office that were um, relating to this song. 
all the young ones were saying, this is a new song, I've never heard that before. Um, but there's something about this song that just captured me, uh, captured for me about us being a church on the mission that God has called for us and that we sing this together as we go forth, as we live out this week, as we live as a community of God's people uh, in our workplaces, in our homes, in our schools, uh, with our friends and family. So may this be a prayer and a response uh, to uh, God's word to us this morning. Please stand and uh, let us sing together.